Welcome to the Crater Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss all the JavaScript news that's happened on Crater.io this week. This episode is for Friday, March 4th, 2016. This week's episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They are the single best hosting option available for Meteor right now. Go to Modulus.io and check them out. They offer a marketplace. They offer your Mongo databases. It's very easy to integrate with other Mongo databases. You know, they offer WebSocket support with sticky sessions. They do everything right for your Meteor app. I use them for everything that I'm doing. I would highly recommend you use them as well. Modulus.io. Welcome, Crater fans. I'm your regular host, Josh Owens, along with my regular co-host, Ben Strahan. Hello, everybody. What's up, dude? What's up, bro? It's been uh, strange. This is like the first time you and I have done the podcast together in like three weeks or something. Yeah, right? Yeah. Wild, dude. Wild. It was a first last week without yeah. having you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's maybe the first show we've done without me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. There might have been one in there with differential, like someone... Oh, okay. Maybe they subbed in. I don't know. I'd have to go. In the early days? Yeah. Early, early on. Yeah, we missed you, man. Yeah, you guys did a good job. We did did all right. We did all right. I still haven't even made it through the whole thing, but I actually got the YouTube version up and watching it at like 1.25x. (laughs) Yeah, I found myself wishing that there there was a faster speed than 2x. Faster speed than 2x? Yes, yes. On YouTube? I need to like double the time I have in my life somehow, Mm. you know? I I just find like sometimes words become unintelligible or I can do 1.5, but anything above that, I just don't really like. So there's different ways to like listen, right? So like if you got like 1.5, you can take every word in. If you got like two or higher than two, like you're really looking for the cliff notes. You're waiting for like sections and stuff. And on YouTube, it's easier because... You can visually see where the sections are too. I will. I will say it was an interesting uh, week off of uh, the uh, podcast. I was supposed to do a class on Monday and Tuesday, but I got sick and didn't. Oh, last weekend, and I uh, didn't have time to prep for the class, so moved it back to Friday and Monday. I think it went well. We did Meteor One Three and React, and this is your mastering Meteor, right? Yeah, new and yeah. new and improved, updated. Yeah, totally been an interesting ride and I have a feeling we'll hear more about it over the next couple of weeks too. Like as 1.3 gets closer, I've started to form opinions. I have opinions on mantra now too. It's not so much JavaScript fatigue out there, but like people are, are finally catching up and, you know, embracing or changing or consuming all this new stuff. Now like opinions are coming out mm-hmm. and there's going to be iterations on top of that now and, and opinions and it's going to lead to good stuff, but man, there's just going to be, 2016 is going to be very dusty. <laughs> There's always going to be dust stirring up, I think, for the whole year. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited for the NPM integration that's coming. But at the same time, over the course of the year, I think that will also become a little bit of a pain point as we move into like doing away with, is I believe it's called, well, I mean, it's Atmosphere is really just a, uh, informational site, right? Like they don't actually host any packages. Most people don't realize that. The package server is actually run by Meteor and they'll be doing away with that. So yeah, 
I think when that happens, it'll be a little painful again, like having to shift all those packages over to NPM and getting them published. And Absolutely. And uh, the question that I'm thinking about that isn't answered correctly or fully yet is how many packages really will be converted over? A lot of popular packages that are being used right now are acceptable and functional right now, but doesn't they don't get maintained. You know, or they were maintained a long time ago. Yeah. So are they gonna are they gonna make the trip over to NPM? My response to that would be like, how many of those do you need to make the trip to NPM? Right? Yeah. Like I'm I'm already starting to look at React Router and the oh, reactive helmet and all that kind of stuff because that stuff's not not gonna go anywhere, in my opinion. Like again, the React mm-hmm. community to me is probably double the size of the meteor community and you know, they're, they're pushing that kind of stuff forward and it's, it's there now you can use it. It's going to stay stable. You can bring it into your project and, and use it with a meteor one, three project pretty easily. I would have to agree. And then a lot of people are going to be like, well, we're going to lose functionality or like ease of use. And I think really. we can, we can make packages that like plug into these other popular ones. Like yeah. Could, like go out and like build a whole special router for meteor. We could make things that will make a, React router work better for us. Right. Right. Yeah. Like someone, someone already has a package that uses React router and SSR and you can install that now. I don't think it'll work right with Meteor 1.3, but uh, it'll be interesting to see that kind of get updated as well. So, yeah, well, a lot of good, a lot of bad. I think it's, it's a lot more good because I've always been saying Meteor feels like a cult and, feels like it's on its own planet. Now we're like joining the mainstream and there's going to be some pain with it, but ultimately it's, it's going to like bring meteor to the masses. Yeah. Our It'll be interesting to see like I've been working with someone and they're going to do their first space dojo guest post and it's on tracker react. And nice. you know, I, I, I think uh tracker react starts to become interesting outside of the meteor ecosystem. As soon as like tracker becomes a package you can install from NPM. Yes. So then you have like things like RxJS or something like that. And then you have Tracker and you can use Tracker React and it's like, mm-hmm. it. it's easy. Fun stuff. Indeed. All right. So like, this is the intro to our show. <laughs> Indeed. Like I just totally like, it's like a whole story right there. And I didn't, seriously, we didn't have it in our list. We, we got oh, some. Yeah, yeah. I guess we did. Right. Like that's. Well, yeah. You, you, good segue. That's what you got. Got me. There thinking. you go. That was intentional. It was. It was all intentional. So on this show, <laughs> we're going to talk about Tracker React. We're going to talk about CreatorConf day one videos, MiniMongo Explorer, and functional programming for JavaScript people. Woo-woo. So yeah, Tracker React. Like it was really interesting. I actually found it halfway through the class. Like, I don't know, maybe my students got annoyed, but we switched on the first day of class, we're using React Composer, and on the second day of class, we're using Tracker React. I don't want to like welcome to the modern state of uh, media, JavaScript. right? <laughs> this is a class on JavaScript. Welcome. Yes, we're gonna have some fatigue here. Le- lesson number one: You're on shifting ground. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, you can't take a class on Meteor One Three Beta and not feel like you're on a little bit of shifting ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things are still shaking out. Uh, from- sure bring a life jacket if you go to Josh's class. <laughs> Everybody learns stuff. That's what matters. But no, seriously, uh, if I could do a little like plug for you, Mastering Meteor got me started. 
in like everything, you know, it was like one of the very first things I ever did as a developer and look like a year and a half later, like look at where everything has come. So mastering media, it was just like, it was a great like uh, platform. So I highly recommend it guys go check it out. It's spacedojo.com or yeah, it is, but I, I gotta, I gotta fix the website so you can sign up there. Cool. <laughs> that's my, that's my project for the weekend. Have you done anything yet with a react at all? Yeah. Then? Yeah. Yeah. But so with meteor or no. Yeah. Yeah. But we're just using the mixin. Okay. So if people aren't aware, like mixins are dead, they're just, they're deprecated already, I think in 0.14. So when, when uh, version 15 comes out, right? Not, not 0.15, but 15. I would assume that actually given the version changes, they would probably kill that out of React pretty fast. I don't know. It's been marked deprecated. That'll be interesting. I haven't looked into that yet, but. I don't know. Now that um, they're going to be having minor releases and bug releases. Yeah. Stuff. Major releases, who knows what it's going to look like now. Like when Meteor goes from 1 point whatever to 2.0, I would assume that that's the time you'll see things die off like that are going to get deprecated in the coming months probably. Mm. Mixins are dead. They're going away at some point. So get Meteor data and all the, the kind of hackish stuff that MDG wrote to get React working will go away. You'll have to have something else in its place. And... You know, you've got the the Aeronota camp, which is React Composer, and then you have the Tracker React. And then, I mean, there are still ways that you can use the mix-in in Meteor 1.3. Like you could use ES7 decorators or there's a React mix-in that I think Abi shows in one of his posts that you can use to kind of make everything work still. But to me, Tracker React is super, super interesting because... I can just wrap my component with Tracker React and it's basically, it's just got a little bit of code that goes and, and wraps the entire component with Tracker. And so anything that would kind of kick off a computation, right? Any reactive data source that Meteor has mm-hmm. will automatically update and rerun anytime that computation would get invalidated, just like how Blaze works. It was similar to how Blaze works, right? With Tracker. I think it's super smart. Like if you look at the docs on it, you can see like you don't even really change one, like you add one thing to a line of code at the top of your React class and uh, it'll do all the smarts for you after that. It's more the Meteor way, right? Like when I look at React Composer, it feels different and weird. Like we're writing some JavaScript that's generating a container, but we never actually like write any JSX to generate that container. Mm -hmm. And so it's not super apparent how that's all getting there. And like, you're not passing the components, like it's doing it all for you. And some niceties come along, right? Like loading, like React Composer will say it's loading if your data is not ready. Tracker React feels a lot like template level subscriptions basically. Yes. It's like component level subscriptions. Yes. And I, I really, really like that a lot. Yeah. Sasha wrote a post too, probably worth mentioning, Sasha Greif. He has another option as well. It's like a list component, list and item component, which is interesting, but I think I still like to control it myself. So Tracker React is still, maybe Aaron Oda's goes too far in a, uh, one direction and like, 
Sasha's goes too far in another direction. And I, I like that I get more control of Tracker React. And That's a good way of putting it. More yeah. Meteor-ish. Yeah. Right in the middle. Well, we'll have to, everyone, let's keep an eye on the adoption of this and go out and try it out. And, yeah. You know, we're going to, as a community, we usually settle on one one thing or two things. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this. If you haven't been following all this, there's a thread on Meteor's uh, React packages repo that Evan, you started before he left MDG. And he was kind of proposing the changes that would happen after 1.3. And it looks like Tom Coleman's picked that up now. And so that, that'll maybe be interesting, but I, you know, they were discussing React Composer and other options, but uh, it sounds like they still want to build something, even though I think Tracker React is probably it. Hopefully they'll pay attention to that. More stuff. Yeah. More stuff. Cool. Well, guys, if you want to check it out, go to github.com, ultimate.js, Tracker React. Yep. Good stuff. Simple library. It's really small, actually. The guy was saying that he uh, was just doing a rewrite. Dino? Cool contributor to the Meteor world. Thank you, Dino. Indeed. So, talking about contributing to the Meteor world, you did something great. Like, we had a couple weeks back, we had uh, CraterConf, remote CraterConf, and and you opened up the videos to the world. Yeah. Like they, nice. were, they were just too good to sit on, man. Like, people got to watch this stuff. I mean, I know you're on day three, but I, I, I think day one really came in pretty strong. I, I would have to agree. Like I watched these later. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, this, this is a stack day. Yeah. For me, I, I found the programmer ones maybe a little more interesting. Like Derek Bailey, his yes. talk was like, it was great. Yeah. He really like, Honestly, he breezed through, like he had this great list of ES 2015 syntax changes and was going over, like he just went over a small subset. It was like six things or something. Yeah. I got a list here. He went over arrow functions, object literal shorthands, spread rest, params, modules, which is really good for us, mm-hmm. and uh, destructing assignments. So yeah. it's good stuff. That, and that's just a small subset. Right. So like, he went over that stuff in depth and then kind of breezed through some of the other stuff that you can go learn more on too. And it was just like, honestly, it was, it was pretty amazing uh, for the 40, 45 minute talk he gave. Yeah. That was just one of the videos. So you released day one, which was four talks, four videos. Second one that you released was uh, Pete Corey, someone that, Maybe the JavaScript world doesn't know about, but everyone in the media world does. Yeah. And uh, he's known for, for uh, security. Yeah. He gave a talk on hacking media with no SQL injection. I, you know, I love, I love his backstory, right? Like I, I tend to do some consulting here and there on security stuff as well. And I've written a couple of blog posts, but like Pete's whole story is set up from the get-go about, you know, he, he started a job as like a person that used to check people's systems for like hackability. He got to learn a lot of neat tricks and, and tools and had a kind of almost think in a black hat way as like one of his first jobs. So yeah, kind of cool. You mean white hat, right? Wait, well, yeah, I guess now it's, it's white hat, right? Since he's doing it for the good of everyone else. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but no, that video is great because he, it is. he goes in there and like, so if you have a plural site subscription, you can go look at, <laughs> 
The, oh man, I, I love that. Yeah, you can go look at the, uh, what's that guy's name? Like what he's, a troll, what a troll. <laughs> he's a pretty well-known kind of trainer, but Pete just takes his course, like the, the code from his course and like starts hacking the crap out of it. And then he's like, okay, now that you've seen how to do it, like here's how you would actually go fix this and make and sure. And this is like some serious stuff. So like in the course, you build an e-commerce site with Meteor. Yeah. And so you're dealing with, with people's uh, shopping carts there. You got user accounts, you got money being exchanged. Yeah. 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 I mean, he totally serious. shows how like you could take a $70,000 product and get it for a dollar. Yeah. If you use Meteor, you should watch this video. Like it should be required watching in my opinion. Yeah. Like, so there's solutions. Once, once the light bulb goes off, people will be like, okay, well, this is how we work around it. But in the meantime, people can go along and, and uh, not grasp how powerful uh, query selectors are mm. in uh, Mongo. Yeah. So, like, this really like shows you like, hey, you can't like ignore that. <laughs> you really can't. So it's fun. It's cool. Indeed. And if you want to get better with like uh, Mongo queries, just watch this. It'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dom from uh, MDG gave a talk on mm-hmm. like building reactive interfaces, which is pretty good. It was a little short, but it was good. It was an extension off of uh, an article that they wrote on the Percolate blog. Yeah. So, and uh, I wouldn't say it was like uh, specifically for reactive apps. Like, I really think like this, it should be open for every designer to like kind of get these guidelines and just a modern way on building apps and user experience. Yeah. It, yeah. It was more on user experience. Yeah. The, the majority of it was like, you know, UX, like, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about animations and how we can use animations to highlight, highlight stuff. So yeah. uh, it was interesting. And then uh, Ramsey gave a talk on uh, CSS modules yeah. And React, which I, I don't know. For me, like, I, it's probably slightly less interesting just because I don't really write CSS <laughs> that often. Well, see, I avoid you, it when I can. You really enjoy DevOps. That, that's your hobby. So, like, you're a developer with, with a leaning towards the back end. Yeah. And then I'm a developer leaning towards the front end. And so, like, I really enjoyed Dom's talk. I really did because well, I highly- see, I, I'll say, like, I did enjoy Dom's talk. I just wish it would have yeah. been maybe a little longer yeah. because I do enjoy thinking about that user experience. Like yeah. I have a client right now where they just have a loading screen. It just says loading. And I think the cleaner thing, you know, it's built on rocket chat. The cleaner thing would be to have like the animated kind of like background that Slack shows you, which is like kind of like oh, yeah. fake messages moving around. And then all of a sudden it gets replaced by real stuff. The cool thing with Slack is you could, you could do your custom loading messages. You can mm. customize it. So anyway, it's fun stuff. I really think Dom was very efficient in his talk. So, so I really appreciate that. Yeah. The guy who's saying that I wish that there was a three X speed on YouTube. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> so, but like Ramsey's talk was really good too, because talking about like uh, JavaScript fatigue and, and like all the dust being kicked up on and where, where we're going to settle. There's a huge thing going right now with CSS. Mm-hmm. React introduced inline styles to the mainstream or at least brought that conversation back because like for the longest time in, inline styles were bad, bad, horrible. And then react was like inline styles is the way to go and kind of like brought the conversation to the forefront. And then there's like this big tug of war back and forth. So Ramsey laid it out. He's like, you know, this is, this is why inline styles are bad. He like took on the challenge, which I really appreciate because this is a question that everyone's going to be asking like, uh, 
radium looks like a good a good package to use with react you know and css and it's pretty popular but then he lays it out like why not to use radium and that needs to be talked about so and i really think he did a great job laying out why css modules is superior and it was really neat uh in his demos and examples that uh he walked through his webpack configuration as well and how to uh integrate preprocessors it was actually a very technical talk i really enjoyed it yeah it was it was good just maybe less interesting to me <laughs> yeah and that's cool you know you know what i i probably find the most interesting out of all this is looking at the stats like you know when when i upload videos oh. i'm always like what you know what, what are these videos gonna do <laughs> someone like staring in at you that's weird um <laughs> <laughs> you're watching the video version you just saw that but um, like I, I really thought like pete's talk would be like the one that kind of like took off but it, it was actually derek's uh he's had over a thousand views on that thing yeah two days derek is derek that's right that's he's number a, one perhaps a little more well known uh we're talking about javascript as a whole ECMAScript 2015, that's another thing. Pete is Pete, which we love Pete. And that's why I introduced it. Like everyone should know him. He's known in the media world now. Everyone else needs to know. And then he was talking about NoSQL, which people don't usually search NoSQL. They search like Mongo. Yeah, I mean, that's why I renamed the talk to Hacking Meteor. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's a little more on point, but I don't know. You know, I just, I find that stuff interesting. Like it's very interesting. I, I posted this everywhere. Like Derek posted on his blog and tweeted once and like, I was posting Pete's everywhere and it was like 358 people watch. So yeah, I'm telling you it's required watching for Pete's. Uh, definitely check it out. Seriously. I wonder, like I can't see the analytics for it yet, but I kind of wonder if, if uh, YouTube itself is driving a lot of search traffic to the Derek's ES 2015 talk. We'll find out. Once YouTube is like the third most popular search engine, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, what, what are people searching? Anyway, guys, go check out day one. Uh, hey, Josh, what's the uh, what's the thoughts on releasing the other days? Are you gonna like do it? Gonna do like a different day each week, the next three weeks or two? Yeah, weeks? I'll probably. Uh, I don't know what day I release that on, but yeah, probably sometime next week I'll release day two videos and then day three videos. And we had like a bonus makeup session too because Sam couldn't make it. At, at the start uh, of his talk. So we did that later. And then um, Jeremy had an emergency come up. So we rescheduled his and did his another day as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably release day two next week and then day three the week after that. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I think everyone should watch my video to like know what not to do at a talk. Ah, because you. like I... I've never had that experience happen to me before where like say someone gets tongue tied or they totally like blank out at a, at a talk if they get up on stage. I love public speaking. I love seeing people and seeing their reaction. This was the very first experience that there was no one to see. <laughs> I wasn't talking. No you people. in a room talking. Complete silence. And I, I locked up. I totally locked up. So yeah. I'm curious to like replay that video and see what it was like. I, I, I broke in. I was like the, the voice of God. It's okay. Oh my man. gosh. And you know what? <laughs> you know what? I, I felt the heaviness of, of stress lift off me when your voice came in. It was so weird. It was like, that is funny. It's like, Oh, the voice of God. Uh, <laughs> so it, it is so weird because 
people have always talked about the fear of public speaking. Mm-hmm. And I always like felt foreign to those conversations. Like <laughs> you have a fear of speaking to an empty room. <laughs> I could totally relate. I think that's similar to what they feel now. That's so I'm like, Oh man, I have, I have great compassion for people who, <laughs> for all types now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. So. Uh, mini, 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 mini Mongo Explorer. What yes. Is what is this? We got a handy, uh, Google Chrome extension here. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I guess if you're familiar with like React, right? Like this is one of the things that I've been enjoying about React is there's there's dev tools that you can install for Chrome mm-hmm. that adds a React tab and you can kind of like browse through it. Like this is, you know, one of the arguments for why like Blaze maybe wasn't going to stick around is because there's no Blaze tools like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprise, here's one, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's called Mini Mongo Explorer. And so, oh, wait, was I was supposed to say something about meteor toys. Oh, were you? Yeah. Did Max, uh, yeah, he said, he said my silence was consent that I would, I would say something about meteor toys on, on the podcast. <laughs> What's his, his call? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. It's coming back to me now. Sorry. Sorry, Max. <laughs> Don't message me, man. <laughs> you know, he's doing browser based tools. Whereas I, I think that using Chrome Inspector as a way to kind of get data onto the screen is also a valid way to do it. And that's exactly what MiniMongo Explorer is doing. There's a Chrome extension that you install. It looks like it's not in the Chrome store yet. So you have to download. He's got a compiled binary in there. And you can open the Chrome extensions tab and then drag and drop the, the binary oh, in there. Yes. Oh, I love enabling developer mode in my Chrome browser so i can get all the hackers <laughs> and they're malicious anyway yeah. side thing like if you if you click the link and you take a look like it's it's pretty uh simple you know it's it's just showing you counts uh it shows you collections on the left and there's counts for how many you have and then you can click on that and kind of open it up and start browsing it so it's pretty slick looking it is slick yeah it's just another developer tool so yeah. but, but they're pretty important. Like Redux is really like making a lot of ground. And I think it's because of their tooling. This is, this is good stuff. So I commend, uh, gosh, Radikami. I don't know how to say your name. Dude, that sounded like an awesome, like porno name right there. <laughs> Radikami. 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 I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I probably butchered that. That's, you know, welcome to the club. <laughs> Dude, you are, you are much better at saying names than I am. So I just, maybe I'm the one that says them. So I take the most heat for screwing them up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll get the next one then. Okay. So our last topic to talk about today is another article from Chet Corcos. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I've screwed that name up before too. <laughs> yeah. Kukos. <laughs> No. Anyway, so like last week, we we covered an article from Chet as well. And it's along the same lines. He wrote another one, which I really appreciate, functional programming for JavaScript people. I love Chet. This is why I love Chet. Because he is super smart. He's studying to be a PhD, or maybe he already is. I got to like catch up with him. But I love how he introduces this 
his article and he's like, oh, you know, I learned functional programming and I want to like make an article to like introduce it to other people, a little bit more dumbed down, da da da. And then like you read this article and you're like, oh man, I feel stupid. You read more of it. You're like, oh man, I feel stupider. And you're like, <laughs> you're like oh my gosh, I'm a nobody. I need to spend my whole weekend understanding this. Chat is just at a, at a higher level than all of us. <laughs> all right, I'd say 90% well, of us. So I would say like most people feel this way when they first get introduced to functional programming. So yes. like, it's okay to be like, what? Like to feel like maybe something's melting inside your brain. <laughs> well, and I'm even like talking about like how he correlates. So like he introduces different things about functional programming. He's like, oh, it's like this or it's like that. Or now, ma- now it's like what mathematicians have always been doing and da, da, da. And you're like, what? What? What is this algebraic blah, blah, blah? What? <laughs> Anywho, this is like really good. I really appreciate it because I'm going to go back to this article and read it even more in depth. But he really does step through it uh, from a very basic level and builds upon it. And I think that's what I really appreciate. It's a longer article. It's a longer read. It's going to get you searching for more things. You're going to have Google open down the side, just like searching things as you read it. But he steps in a natural progression uh, into functional programming, compares it to Haskell a lot of times. And it's good. It is really good, especially for someone who lives just in JavaScript like myself. And I really don't explore other languages that much. This is, this is really good. And the performance is great. My question is, and I'm curious what you have to say about this, Josh, with everything going on right now and a lot of things going on in, in reactivity of data, data management, state management, mm-hmm. the whole UI wars, <laughs> functional programming, like that's another thing that's like, coming to the forefront now and is getting pretty important. Uh, Well, yeah. So, I mean, if you think about like, it's like there's so much stuff. I'm like, where do we prioritize the learning this and going into it? It's like, man, are we like shaving hairs here? Like the law of diminishing returns. Is it really like a good thing to like learn this stuff? I think it's a good thing to learn this stuff. And I think if you look at like uh, we'll be doing a podcast next week with uh, Richard Feldman talking about Elm and Elm Lang, you know? And I think that if you look at Elixir or you look at Elm or any of those, like they're all kind of taking these functional ideas and applying them. It's super interesting to me. And like all these ideas, even if you're using JavaScript, which could go either way, right? It can, can, Mm -hmm. can be a functional language or it can be, you know, object oriented and a lot of people are annoyed they've added the object-oriented stuff in there more. But I, I think it's worth taking the time to learn, if nothing else, just to understand how you might write some code in different ways. And I, I also think that. that a lot of these, like I was trying to say, like these ideas are coming into React and Redux and kind of being imported from these other languages. And these thought processes are coming in because at the end of the day, like, you want to be able to write code that's as bug free as you can. And, and that's really like functional to me, functional programming is either about performance or like error catching or something is better there that you're trying to achieve. And so yeah. it's, it's at least worth learning what that side looks like and maybe test it out. Yeah. I find it harder to read code, existing code that that's like all functions. You know, I find myself scrolling up and down, <laughs> a file like crazy trying to understand what function does what. And if we're just like, and when I was going through Chet's article and um, 
to different ways that you can use it, like functional composition, like function curing and all that stuff. Curing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, like now you got to have this deeper understanding. And if you don't, you're like totally, totally, totally going to be lost going into someone else's code base and reading it. Like you wouldn't be able to read it. You wouldn't be able to understand really what's going on. I I just think to me that's like the first time you open a JSX file that's got a lot going on. You're like, whoa, you know, what is this? And then like the more time you spend there, the easier it gets to read. Like I feel like I can open a JSX yeah. file now and kind of understand what's going on. Absolutely. And you could read it from top to bottom and you're good to go. The jury's out for me with this. I, you know, to me, I I guess I would compare it to like, learning Spanish, right? Like at some point the language is a little bit different here and there, which is, I mean, maybe weird because we're talking about just JavaScript still, but Mm -hmm. the way you construct things in a sentence is going to be different. And like functional is that way too, you know, functional programming. And so like, as you start to convert to that and figure out like, you're going to get better the more you use it at some point, you'll be able to open a file and be like, Oh yeah, I totally get what's going on here. I see what they're doing. Yeah. I, th- I guess this is tug of war because as, as programmers, we always like to say, Hey, we're lazy. So, so we build things so that it can be done for us and we don't need to repeat ourselves and keep it dry and all stuff. But then like we introduce these different ways of writing stuff and everything. And it's like super complex and different from each other. And so at the same time, we're not lazy in that sense of things. And we got to like become a polygot or something like that. And so it's like, I don't know where to put myself. So I'm like kind of sitting in the middle here. <laughs> You're saying a lot of words. Like I was reading another article today about like microservices and how they have this tendency to turn into like distributed monoliths instead of microservices. And uh, they were talking a lot about that as well. Like the fact that one of the advantages of microservices is the fact that you can be a polyglot, right? Like you can use the best tool for the job, but then at some point like, you start to build these libraries that you have to rely on. And all of a sudden, like you've got this distributed monolith and you need to import this other library that is being produced and to be able to consume something. And these are all real problems, I guess. Real problems. Yeah. They're just, they're so far above us sometimes. Like, I don't know. feels like it's not, not my problem right now. Yeah. So guys, if you're watching this or listening to this, go ahead and like, respond and let us know what you think about this dilemma. Where, where should the average developer land? I definitely see people who are building mainstream packages or frameworks or platforms. Like they definitely need to know this stuff, but like the average developer, I'm curious. I'm curious what y'all think. Yeah. My, my gut would say like, give it a try. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely cannot draw a conclusion without giving it a try. Yeah. Yeah. So don't be ignorant like that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be, you know, the thing that I think is maybe the most scary is that it's like some of these concepts feel so foreign. Like I remember people explaining object oriented coding to me and like, I wasn't getting it at first, you know? And then like I kept practicing and kept trying and like, you just finally, it just clicks for you all of a sudden. And I think that, you know, it, it maybe feels that way and it can be frustrating to like, get through that piece. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, like monads, someone says monads and you're just like, mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a horrible name to call me. 
we, we probably lost like 50 listeners right there when I said monads. They just, they hit pause and threw their, their device across the room. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, anyway. Oh, yes. That's the four topics for this week. Indeed. Thanks to Chet. That was a long read, man. That, that oh, thing, my gosh. I open most Medium articles and they're like four minutes long. And this one was like. What does this one say? 17 uh, minutes. 17 minutes. <laughs> it takes more than 17 minutes, guys. By the I, yeah, I think so. I think, like, if you just straight read it, like, it would take 17 minutes, but none of it's going to soak in. Like, you got to stop and reread and think about it. So, yeah. Good stuff. Think, Keep it coming, uh, Chet. 170 minutes. That's what you should set aside for it. <laughs> 10X. <laughs> yes. He's a 10X programmer. Yes. Yes. Magnitude more. Yeah. Who's, who's our sponsors? Uh, Modulus. Modulus, Modulus, Modulus. I was actually talking to Kent Dodd too and getting some tips on finding some sponsors. So if you're interested, I'm putting together a document about it. But Modulus is a awesome, awesome sponsor. They like never even hesitate. They just say like, Oh, you're doing awesome content. Yes. We want to be involved. So it's very cool. Love those guys. They never even bat an eye. So if you're like, that's cause you put out good stuff, man. They have some good stuff too. So absolutely. if you're hosting, you should, should give them a try. We're definitely like discussing the ins and outs of that, uh, in the space dojo Slack chat room. They got some potentially interesting things up their sleeve soon. So maybe we can talk about that at some point in the future. Mm, fun, fun. Yes. Yeah. As always like Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Meteor Club. You can join there. Keep saying one of these days I'll change that URL. We'll see. Should be Space Dojo now. And then you can join the Slack chat room. We had a couple people join this week. So that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Always a good time. <laughs> Yes. And we're going to have, oh, yeah, I forgot the other one. We're going to have our first ever space drunk. I don't know. Maybe this is a terrible idea. Oh, oh my gosh. You're announcing that. Yeah, totally. We're, uh, if you're in the Slack chat room and you haven't heard about it yet, we're going to all get drunk at 10 a.m. next Thursday or 10 a.m., 10 p.m. next Thursday, Eastern time. We'll be in Slack. Maybe even a hangout. Who knows? I'll have a couple of drinks, but I'm not going to get wasted. Not wasted? No. no, I just, I felt super bad at space camp when I got wasted. Mm, yeah. 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 The missing crater <laughs> podcast show, right? That never got posted. It got posted. Oh, did it? Yeah. It's just parts of it. It was heavily edited because the sound quality was so bad. <laughs> that, that's how I know chat so well. Yeah. Because of that conversation. Because he sat in my lap. Yeah. To that show. Marilyn Monroe style. <laughs> <laughs> And that's another reason why I'm not going to be getting drunk. <laughs> yeah, someone handed you a cup and a thing of bourbon and said, go at it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my Fun gosh. Stuff. I'm glad I still have a job. This is a sign of how cool Paul Dahman and the OK Grow team is. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you're still employed after that night. Because I don't remember much of that uh, show. I remember Chet sitting in my lap. And I remember Paul Dahman staring at me while, while we're recording that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what's, what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was super fun. It was super cool. It was super cool. Look at that. Oh, dang. You're wearing it, man. Yeah. My shirt. My regular rotation. Very cool. All right. 
Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll be back next week. Uh, Abby will be here next week, right? Because you, you've got – you're interviewing Tom, and then we're going to interview Richard uh, Feldman, I'm pretty sure. So, Well, Tom is actually being recorded on Monday. So right. Another, but, yeah, we're going to be doing – Abby fills in for me when we do uh, Space, yeah, Space Dojo Show. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, which is good, which I definitely appreciate, Abby. Man, what a, what a great – Abby, Abby's someone to uh, follow on Facebook. He's an up-and-coming guy. Facebook. People use Facebook? Facebook. Sorry, Twitter. What the heck? Facebook. I'm showing my age. Instagram. Instagram. Snapchat? Do we do Snapchat? Snapchat? I don't, I don't get Snapchat. I'm terrible. I'm old. <laughs> no, it's Peach. You got to be on Peach. What? You haven't heard of Peach? No. Dude, go reserve your name now before someone else does. Oh God, <laughs> it's terrible. No, I real I live on Twitter. That that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, pretty much me too. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Adios. This has been a Space Dojo production. You can find out more information about Space Dojo at spacedojo.com. It's easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop. That's S P A C E. D-O-J-O dot com.